G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're turning our attention back to the nation of Israel once again today because not everything in Israel is going just swimmingly. It's not all wonderful. It's not just smooth sailing. There are a lot of developments that are going on that as a Christian believer, looking at the developments in Israel, you might be quite disturbed. Uh, There are all sorts of development plans that are going on contrary to what most of us would understand as the way that rule of law might direct development within a nation because there is conflict between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Uh, There are those who are bulldozing ahead and perhaps on both sides that might cause real consternation and ultimately real conflict. Well, Stan Goodenough is back with us again today. Stan is a journalist, writer and speaker. He's known as the Jerusalem Watchman. And back to talk through some of the significant issues that are going on in Israel. Stan, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Wonderful to be with you. Stan, last time we were talking, we discovered not everything is rosy. Uh, There are missiles that are being pointed at Israel. Uh, The nuclear threat that is coming from the potential for what Iran might have on hand. And then, of course, there's all the unrest we keep seeing in our media. Things are not looking good. And there's also a dysfunctional parliament, the Knesset in Israel. How are you seeing things at the moment because it just doesn't look smooth sailing. Uh, thanks, Neil. Um, y- yeah, I think the the view is is it's very chaotic uh, looking in from outside. Um, through the Ramadan uh, feast, uh, Muslim feast this year, um, there was a great deal of violence, uh, a lot of acts of terrorism, uh, 14 Jews were killed. There were threats of, of, of missile attacks on Israel. The Jews were banned from going onto the Temple Mount. There was a lot happening. And the dysfunctional government you, you mentioned there, uh, it's the coalition, uh, which is made up of, of political parties from every point of the compass, and none of them can pull in any direction because uh, any one of them moving away from uh, the consensus will bring down the government. And that's actually very much a threat at the moment or a possibility that the government of Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, Bennett will fall. Um, but the, 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 the picture from looking at from outside um, as, as onlookers and, and, and those of us who are praying for Israel, um, behind all of this noise, there is what's happening on the ground in uh, in the in the mountains of Israel, the, the part of the parts of Israel which Ezekiel calls, or the Lord calls in Ezekiel, the mountains of Israel. These are uh, this is the high ground. When you when you land at Tel Aviv Airport and you head uh, you head east, you head up 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 onto a spine of mountains and hills, uh, which is known as in the Bible as Judea and Samaria, and not only in the Bible but all the way up until the late 1800s, we referred to as Judea and Samaria. 
We more commonly hear that referred to today as the West Bank. And then, of course, there's the Golan Heights. Those are the mountains of Israel. And it's what's happening today in Samaria that is of particular concern. It's an unfolding situation. If I can just paint it a very straightforward way for our listeners. There's a conflict, as you mentioned, Neil, between uh, the Jews of Israel and the Palestinian Arabs, who are a stateless people. They do not have a state. They want a state. They want it in these mountains in Judea and Samaria. And uh, massive, massive uh, pressure from the international community uh, brought Israel to a place in 1991 where they began to concede that the Palestinian Arabs should get some kind of self-governance in those areas. An agreement was signed in 1993, known widely as the Oslo Agreement. It was witnessed to by the United States and the European Union. And according to that agreement between Israel and the Palestinian Arabs, uh, negotiations would take place between these two parties, um, overseen or, or, or watched from the outside by the sponsors, the European Union and, and the United Nations, etc., but between the two parties. And, uh, and there, were, there were a whole lot of provisions tied to this agreement. Long story short, uh, the negotiations stalled a long time ago. Uh, there are no negotiations going on right now. Um, but what is happening right now is that out of frustration and out of a determination to ensure that this Palestinian state or the so-called two-state solution is realized, the, uh, the international community, specifically the EU, uh, is building this Palestinian state in breach of the Oslo agreements, which again, Europe is a witness to. In breach of those agreements, uh, the EU is building this state of Palestine from the ground up in Judea and Samaria. And this is a development which uh, just in, in recent days, the Knesset in Jerusalem has been warned by monitoring groups out of that area that the goal is that Palestine will be established by the end of this decade, whether or not Israel agrees, negotiates, or wants it to happen. It's actually happening. Palestine is being birthed in the biblical heartland of Israel, and that is of grave concern. Okay, and so if it's happening outside of that framework, that structure, as you say, ought to have agreement from both sides, no wonder there are inflamed tensions between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Is that one of the reasons why we might be seeing some of the violence on our television screens? Yes, I think the violence is, uh, it's, it's been an unbroken war. It's basically been going on for 100 years um, between Palestinian Arabs specifically and and, and Jewish Israelis. It's been going on since uh, 1920. And uh, uh, it, 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 it comes in waves. Um, the, the Arab side has learned that when there is no progress uh, at the negotiating table, for whatever reason, that if the level of violence is increased, the international community will turn the screws on Israel to get back to the negotiating table. And so we do often see that in, in our hiatus in negotiations, terrorism increases and the world responds to terrorism, not by condemning the terrorists, but by, for, by, by actually condemning and blaming Israel as being responsible for the terrorism because Israel is not at the negotiating table. And so that, that is part of what we're seeing right now, an uptick in terror that is, that is um, meant and successfully to to get the the international community to again 
squeeze Israel to get back to the negotiating table. So when there are attacks, the spin machines, and I might say spin machines on both sides, uh, they have to put their own case, uh, but they go into overdrive. And the battle for the hearts and minds of the whole world is what's at stake here, because if the world is with the Palestinians, uh, the Palestinians are emboldened and empowered. If the world is with the Israelis, it holds those uh, relationships in the right tension. The spin machines, they're pretty important. They happen both sides, uh, but you've got to be careful who you listen to, Stan. Well, yes, you do, Neil. I mean, look, a couple of thoughts. First of all, there are two narratives uh, concerning the land. There's the Jewish narrative, which is that's where the nation was formed. The Jews are the Aboriginal people. The land is their ancestral homeland. Um, Jerusalem has always had their hearts, and uh, and they have come back to their patrimony. The uh, the Arab narrative is that uh, the Jews today are no longer are not, are not the Jews of the past. Uh, the international community, which was guilt ridden because of the Holocaust, um, basically forced the Arabs in Palestine to make way for Jews so that Jews could have a place as a kind of a sop. Uh, given to the Jewish community because of the lack of 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 of, um, of efforts to prevent the Holocaust from happening, and uh, uh, and the Arabs have been displaced, and it's kind of a colonization has taken place. Israel is uh, has been kind of imposed on the Arabs, and and they're pushing back because their their land was stolen. Uh, these are the two narratives in simplistic terms. Most of the international um, opinion uh, goes with the Arab narrative. The Jewish narrative is largely um, mocked and, 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 and ridiculed and, and discredited. And, and the, the big and very concerted effort to delegitimize Israel, to say that Israel has no right to be there, to call Israel an apartheid state, and, and, and it's never ending, uh, this, is, this is all uh, feeding the, the Arab narrative. This is their land that the Jews are stealing from them, the Jews are occupiers, the Jews are colonialists. Now, you, you said a couple of times they're both sides. I think we, as Christians, first of all, you know, there was this, if I can quickly recount it, the story of, of, of Joshua when he, when he was about to take Jericho. He bumped into an armed man in the camp, and he asked, him, he asked the man, are you for us? Are you on our side or are you on our enemy's side? And the, the answer was no, but as captain of the armies of the Lord, I have now come. And the angel of the Lord gave Joshua his, his marching orders. But he said, I'm not on your side, and I'm not on the other side. We don't have to dig too deep into that uh, to, uh, right now. But, 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 but here's the point. It's, it's not two sides to an argument. The fact is, what is God's side? What is God doing? For the Christian, the answer is in the Bible. God is restoring the Jews to a land he gave them. Uh, the opposition to that is coming from the enemy camp in whatever form. And so we don't have the luxury, if you like, of being even handed in this conflict. We have to be on God's side uh, and on God and God's side is unequivocal. Um, the idea of being even handed is a little bit like, you know, you need to take both sides into account, like take both Russia and Ukraine or take both the Nazis and the allies. You know, let's not be one sided. They're both guilty of atrocities. They're both guilty of, of you know, various war crimes, potentially, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think, first of all, we need to see uh, historically where, where the good and evil is manifesting. But ultimately, as Christians, we need to see 
what is God doing, and we need to be on his side. And what God is doing is restoring Israel to the land that he gave it. Well, as spiritually thinking evangelical Christians, we do come down on the side of Israel as God's chosen people. As you say, as we can see prophecy being fulfilled, the most obvious prophecies being fulfilled through God's chosen people, the nation of Israel. So we are looking at that. We wonder about our responsibility in all of that. I know we've discussed this before, the thought that uh, we're all, in some sense, watchmen on the wall, keeping an eye out uh, for those people of God, God's chosen people, uh, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, What's your encouragement just now? Because of all of the upsets that are going on, Stan, how do you think Christian believers ought to be praying? I think uh, the word encouragement is a good one. Um, We should be encouraged. Uh, we We are encouraged to speak to Jewish people and to say to them, uh, your God reigns. That's what we're told to tell them. We're told to tell them that um, uh, that that what God has promised for you and your people, uh, He will uh, He will He will uphold, and your your destiny as a nation is assured uh, as long as the sun and the moon are in the sky. That's what God says. Um, in a day in a day to day way, how do we? Uh, how, how, do, how are we encouraged to stay focused and, and what are we encouraged to do? I think the call of a watchman is to specifically um, in, in Isaiah is to give ourselves no rest and give God no rest. Now, I mean, we have like periods of prayer for rain if it's a drought or, you know, for, uh, for an end to the, to the natural disasters. We may, we may go into fasting. Some of us may do that. Some of us may have, you know, 24-7 prayer times. Uh, focused in on an upcoming government election, etc. Well, here's one issue that we we have to make a conscious decision that we're going to commit to pray pray into and pray about. Uh, and and I think unless we make that commitment, we're going to be, as we mentioned before, distracted in many different directions. But I want to encourage um, our listeners, those who are believers, to 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 make prayer for Israel it doesn't have to be long it doesn't have to be uh, to take up a great chunk of your time but but make a prayer for Israel a daily prayer just as you pray for your daily bread or your 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 daily family needs make a prayer for Israel a daily prayer make prayer for the peace of Jerusalem which is not uh, success in the Arab Israeli negotiations it's for the coming of the prince of peace that's the peace that's the only time that there's going to be peace then make that a daily prayer maranatha even so come quickly Lord Jesus is a prayer we should pray. Um, we are not disconnected from what's happening in Israel. The, the, the hatred that's directed against that nation is also directed against us and in our nations. It is an intense hatred. And you can see the battle unfolding all around you uh, down there in Australia, even in your recent elections. Uh, but if we prefer Jerusalem above our chief joy, of, of course, that doesn't mean idolizing it. It means keeping it in prayer, making it the most important prayer moment of every day of our lives, then I think we are praying in line with God's will and we're going to see uh, the answers to those prayers because when we pray in line with his will, um, the answers come and they're clear. Well, Stan, good enough. Always good insights around what's happening in Jerusalem and how we as Christian believers respond. Let me point listeners to how they can connect with some of the articles you write and uh, very serious and usually deeper articles than you'll hear or you'll catch in news reports. Let me point listeners to jerusalemwatchman.org. 
JerusalemWatchman.org. Stan Goodenough is a journalist, writer and speaker. He's known as the Jerusalem Watchman. The JerusalemWatchman.org website. Uh, Stan, thanks so much for your insights once again today on 2020. God bless you, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.